0: Hi everyone, good to see you. So, um, freedom service, we uh, we don't always do an exegetical preach, like to reflect or do something different. I'm bringing quite a lot of scripture tonight, I hope that's going to be okay. Um, I hope we're able to find that place where we can listen and listen deeply, because sometimes I can. And uh, I hope and pray you can tonight listen to the word of the lord as i bring various passages i'm going to be like a tour guide if you like to various passages of scripture reading them as we go but who are you what if they ask me is what he said what kind of a god can i tell them that you are what are you like who Are you? I am who I am. Tell them I am sent you. Then come back here to this mountain and worship me. You'll know the story. Stood there in front of that burning bush, that bush blazing with fire with God's holiness, sandals off because it was holy ground. Moses dares to ask the Almighty, to reveal himself. To show your name is to show something of who you are. And so he asks him to reveal himself. You see, from the very beginning, when God entered into this relationship with humanity, we've all been on this journey of discovery. Discovering who this eternal and almighty and omnipotent being is, who we call God and who you and I actually get to now call Father. Since the very First time he made himself known to our forefathers, we've wondered at this wonderful God. We've sought his face, we've hidden from him in fear, we've begged him for his mercy, we've praised him with all of our hearts. He's led us, he's guided us, he's protected us, he's provided for us, he's revealed himself through his word, through his prophets, his law, but through it all, we have wondered just what will it be like that day when we stand in his presence. What is it like to be near to the one as awesome and as holy as he is? What's it like to get even just a glimpse of his unfathomable glory? Charlotte, can we bring up the PowerPoint, please? Uh, Glimpses of glory, I think, should be about number five, somewhere around there. Is it there? There you go. The Bible tells us, doesn't it? Is this one on, John? If you want to know the glory of the Lord, then, then look to the heavens. Yeah, it is? Yeah, great. Look up, look to the sky. Look at the billions of stars up there. The planets, the galaxies, the nebulae. Beauty and size and energy beyond our imagination. They'll tell you something of his glory, the Bible says. They declare his go- glory. They're just his handiwork. They're his creativity. All of that came with just him opening his mouth and speaking a word. If you want to know something of his glory, then look at the beauty of the earth on an evening like tonight. The mountains, the streams, the wonder of insects and flowers, animals, the intricacies of the human body. All of this came from him. From him. Just a word of his mouth. All of it sustained by him. Every millisecond of every moment of every day that there ever has been or ever will be. You want to know something of his glory, look around. This gives you a taste of what God's like, but this is what we'd call general revelation. Revelation we can see and witness and ponder on each day around us. But what I want to invite us to look at, just for a few moments together, Tonight, I want us to look in scripture at some of the examples of special revelation. There's moments where God himself chooses to step into our world or to reveal himself in an unusual way, in a special, incredible way. When he chooses to give little mortal human beings like you and me a real glimpse, a personal glimpse of his presence and his glory. They're amazing scriptures. You see, throughout history, God's chosen to do this from time to time. Why? Why? Because he likes showing off? No. For our sake, not for his. He doesn't need to reveal himself. He chooses to in his grace. So that, not just that we're impressed, but that we might realise, gosh, that we might realise deep within, in our hearts and our souls and our minds, we might be transformed in our faith as we realise who it is we've put our trust in. Who it is is on the throne of this world, of this universe, and in whose hands we're safe. So, listen deep tonight. That's the invitation as I go through these scriptures. I've chosen just three or four moments where God chooses to reveal himself. I'm not going to say much about them, just a brief introduction if you like a reflection on them you might want to close your eyes don't mind even if you fall half asleep that's okay as long as you're kind of engaging with scripture alright? permission tonight rare permission <laughs> take advantage <laughs> literally <laughs> but let's listen deeply to scripture there's no point in me adding words to the Lord's word as we listen to the awe and wonder of the glory of our Lord So we're going to begin with that moment when Moses, having brought the people out of Egypt, has now got to know this God so well, that he once again dares to ask him to reveal himself. Show me your glory. Moses gets a glimpse of his back. Moses said to the Lord, you've been telling me, leave these people, but you've not let me know whom you will send with me. You've said... I know you by name and you have found favour with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so I may know you and continue to find favour with you. Remember that this nation is your people. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go up with us, do not send us up from here. And the Lord says to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked, because I am pleased with you, and I know you by name. Then Moses said, now show me, now show me your glory. And the Lord said, I will cause all of my goodness to pass in front of you, and I will proclaim my name, the Lord, Yahweh, in your presence, but my face must not be seen. Then the Lord came down in the cloud and he stood there with him and proclaimed his name, Yahweh. And he passed in front of Moses proclaiming Yahweh, Yahweh, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion and sin. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children and their children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation. Moses bowed to the ground at once and worshipped. Gosh. God himself passed by. But Moses was allowed just a glimpse. And as the Lord went by, he spoke his name, his nature, his goodness. He revealed to Moses more than any human had encountered ever before, I think. And all Moses could do was fall down to the ground at once and worship. And when Moses came down from the mountain, the people were afraid of him because his face shone. Because he'd been speaking with the Lord. He'd been in his presence. But even then it was just a glimpse. You cannot see my face. You cannot see me and live. Just a glimpse of the glorious God passing by. But what a glimpse. We journey forward 700 years now to a nation long established. But trouble in the north and fear and injustice in the south kingdom... The people were far from their God, their lives were a mess, but a young prophet named Isaiah begins to speak to the people, calling them back to the Lord and the Lord alone, warning them of their folly and calling them to obedience. Let us walk in the light of the Lord, he says. But the people have forgotten the Lord's glory. They'd forgotten he was their king. The Lord was about to reveal a glimpse of his glorious throne to Isaiah, a glimpse that would alter his life forever. A glimpse of his throne. Isaiah writes, In the year that king Uzziah died, I saw Yahweh. I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on a throne. And the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying, and they were calling to one another, Holy Holy, holy is Yahweh Almighty. The whole earth is full of His glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined. For I am a man of unclean lips and I live among a people of unclean lips and my eyes have seen the King, Yahweh Almighty. And one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and whom will go for us? And I said, here am I, send me. Gosh, this glimpse of the majesty of the Lord seated on his glorious throne, his magnificent train filling the temple, the majestic heavenly beings honouring and worshipping him As the very thresholds of the temple shook around him, it was too much for Isaiah, far too much for a human being to behold. Woe is me, he said. I'm ruined. I'm done. I'm unclean, a mere human, yet my eyes have seen the king. For him, this glimpse of glory led him to give his entire life in service to the Lord, to speak to the people without stopping. He would speak to them of judgment and of pain but also of a suffering servant who was to come, by whose stripes they would be healed. And we jump ahead now nearly 200 years further and another prophet is at the very beginning of his ministry, exiled in Babylon with thousands of others as Israel and now Judah have both fallen to foreign powers and the power apparently of their foreign gods. That's what the people thought. How could they go on without the temple? How could they go on not living in the land where God dwells? Their God dwells in the temple. How can they go on without him? They were cut off from the Lord, they thought, alone, abandoned, afraid. But the Lord gave Ezekiel a glimpse of his glory, even in this far off foreign land. A glimpse of his likeness. And this one is extraordinary. Difficult language an extraordinary vision. See how you do with listening deeply to this. In my 30th year, while I was among us by the Kibar River, the heavens were opened and I saw visions of God. I looked and I saw a windstorm coming out of the, out of the north. An immense cloud with flashing lightning and surrounded by brilliant light. The centre of the fire looked like glowing metal and in the fire was what looked like four living creatures. In appearance their form was human but each of them had four faces and four wings. Their legs were straight, their feet were like those of a calf and gleamed like burnished bronze. Under their wings, on their four sides, they had human hands. Fire moved back and forth among the creatures. It was bright and lightning flashed out of it. And the creatures sped back and forth like flashes of lightning. As I looked at the living creatures, I saw a wheel on the ground beside each creature with its four faces. This was the appearance and structure of the wheels. They sparkled like topaz and all four looked alight. Each appeared to be made like a wheel intersecting a wheel as they moved they would go in any one of the four directions the creatures faced. The wheels did not change direction as the creatures went. Wherever the spirit would go, they would go, and the wheels would rise along with them because the spirit of the living creatures was in the wheels. Then, spread out above the heads of the living creatures was what looked like something like a vault, sparkling like crystal and awesome. Under the vault their wings were stretched out, one towards the other, and each had two wings covering its body. Then there came a voice from above the vault, over their heads as they stood with lowered wings. Above the vault, over their heads, was what looked like a throne of lapis lazuli. And high above on the throne was a figure like that of a man. I saw that. From what appeared to be his waist up he looked like glowing metal as if full of fire and that from there down he looked like fire and brilliant light surrounded him like the appearance of a rainbow in the clouds on a rainy day. So was the radiance around him. This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of Yahweh and when I saw it I fell face down. Never before, I'm just going to take this out John so it stops clicking, just clip it on there, never before had anyone seen a vision of such majesty and awe and glory, a vision we can barely comprehend in our human minds. I don't know how you got on listening to that. This God, it turns out by this vision, is not stuck in Israel, not stuck in his temple He's a God whose throne is on wheels in this vision. He's a moving God, present by His Spirit. This was a vision, though, that was considered so holy, believe it or not, so dangerous, so frightening, so mystical and confusing, that Israelite men were not even allowed to hear it or read it until they were 30 years old, what I've just read out there. It was protected, it was that holy. But all of this, lightning and fire and heavenly creatures and wheels and rainbows and brilliant light, all of it was not the Lord. It was not even the glory of the Lord. I love this. It wasn't even the likeness of the glory of the Lord. It was just the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. And when Ezekiel saw it, he fell on his face as if dead. Friends, the last one I want to share with you. The greatest glimpse of God's glory in all of human history. We move 600 years later to our last glimpse. We move to a land held captive, a people without hope. A temple full of religion, but little of God's glory And now we see the greatest revelation of the glory of God that the world has ever encountered. For the first time we would see him face to face. And as we glimpsed the wonder of his glory we realised actually we were witnessing the most extraordinary revelation of his love. I'm just going to read, finish now with a few scriptures from the New Testament. And I'm going to say nothing about them. Just let the Lord speak to you through these scriptures. And found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. Another scripture, great clouds, great, great crowds, came to him, bringing the lame and the blind and the crippled, the mute and many others, and laid them at his feet, and he healed them. Another scripture. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. There he was, transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. Just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them and a voice from the cloud said this. This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground, terrified. But Jesus came and touched them. Get up, he said. Don't be afraid. And when they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin. And he began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Later, Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip, even after I've been among you such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Two of the men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed when they came to the place called the skull they crucified him there along with the criminals one on his right, the other on his left and Jesus said Father forgive them for they do not know what they are doing some final verses we proclaim to you the one Who existed from the beginning. Whom we have heard and seen. We saw him with our own eyes. And touched him with our own hands. He is the word of life. The one who is life itself was revealed to us. And we have seen him. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, 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 God's dwelling place is now among the people. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying, or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. Amen.